0: Can you shred on a ukulele? I've actually, I only know like one other person who plays a ukulele. Going live now. I don't
1: even play a ukulele. I can play guitar. All right, and three, two, one. Welcome to Muses, Memoirs, and More. I'm your host, Adam Messer, and uh, you're listening to some live uh, ukulele playing by my son, Sebastian Messer, who is a guitarist, actually, but I asked him to play a little ukulele for me today because I wanted to do a, a live intro. So I have a special guest today. Her name is Alidria Hurt. Um, am I saying that right? Absolutely. Okay, because uh, everybody calls you Allie, but your your name is actually Alidria, right? Yep. Okay, so is it okay if I call you Allie while we're
0: talking today? Absolutely.
1: Okay, cool. So uh, welcome, welcome to the studio. This is not the first time you've been here, right?
0: No, yeah. I've actually been a guest of WRUU more than once, but this is the second interview that I've had. I have to do a shout out to Orlando Montoya, who did my previous interview. He's yeah, Orlando's a cool guy. Fa- yeah, a nice fabulous guy. tour guide, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I uh, really appreciate you coming in today. Um, I have been, everybody who's tuning in, I've been sick all week, so you can probably still hear it in my voice. And um, I didn't have a chance to really plan uh, a guest, so I posted in a little writing group that we're in, and I said, hey, can anybody help me out Sunday? I need help. <laughs> and uh, Alidra, you were like, yeah, I can do it. Uh, what time is it? <laughs> and boom, <laughs> you're here. So I appreciate you coming in. We have some cool stuff that we're going to talk about today. Elidria um, is an author a screenwriter right yeah i've done um, screenwriting you've done I've done 48 hour stuff here in savannah right
0: yes i've um, done 48 hour film fest i have done 24 hour play fest i have done what is called national novel writing month for 13 years straight that is cool i have basically done almost every time challenge that i have ever come across
1: and you came out to the books and brews that we did which was so cool. I thought that was kind of neat. If uh, if you haven't heard of Books and Brews, we uh, I, I partner up with um, Southbound Brewing Company, and Alejia came out as one of our authors. Um, it was kind of a slow night. It was kind of weird because the the time we did it before, there were a bunch of people. But I think we had a good time. The people that showed up. Um, but what we do is we get together local authors, uh, we partner with Southbound Brewing Company and we help raise funds for the Ronald McDonald house. So local authors, uh, trying to get together, doing, you know, something good for the community. Uh, I appreciate you coming out, uh, there and then, you know, coming out here, uh, today. So, uh, can you give us a little backdrop on, uh, your writing? And I
0: know you were telling me just a few minutes ago, you got like a bunch of books out, yeah i gotta i've been writing i want to say like semi-professionally since about 2014 my first book is a book of short stories called Objects: stories of things which is a bunch of short stories centered around certain objects like i have a book i have one called her daddy's straight razor which is a horror story uh the jacket which is actually um Considered a Christian uplifting story, and it's in the same it's in the same book. I'm sorry, I just did that. And then there is the um, fresh dead flowers, which is my favorite, because it is about a flower that only grows in the recently deceased, mm. and the horticulturist who does not like people, but then finds out that this only grows in the recently deceased, mm. and. The shenanigans that happened so, after like that. Necroflowers. Yeah. yeah. Necroflowers. So that was my that was my first book in That would actually have been a
1: cool uh power to have like I used to play World of Warcraft, right? Mm-hmm. So that would have been a cool power to have, like a, a necro herbalist. Like mm-hmm. you, you you resurrect the dead <laughs>
0: the dead flowers. <laughs> That's great. That would have been cool. Uh, My first actual novel is called Chains of Fate, and it is the beginning of an epic fantasy saga called the Fate Circle Saga. And there's only three books to this, but if my mother ever gets her way, there will be a fourth book, because she wants to know what happens after the happily ever after. Mm, Yeah. So she's like, but what happens? What about their children? And I'm just like, I have no story here. Yeah. like. (laughs)
1: So, okay, and you have a couple horror
0: novels too, right? I have, I want to say two thrillers that kind of edge into horror Mm -hmm. because there are paranormal, supernatural elements to them. Because Hush is about what happens when a psychic and a detective take on a serial killer. So it's kind of like a paranormal thriller? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Dark King Rising, I like to, the tagline for this is what happens when your imaginary friend goes mad? Mm. So you have an saw. O- you,
1: oh gosh, it just reminded me of something. You know, people were doing that little um, Google your your name or no Google Florida man and your birth date. Yeah. Someone had one that said, "Florida man turns himself in after killing imaginary wife, yeah. imaginary friend." <laughs>
0: it's like wow, <laughs> the things that happen in Florida. Florida
1: man, <laughs> you're out there, bud. We know
0: it. Yeah. But it's just like, it's about an author who has created a book series that has a primary villain who just so happens to be so connected to her that he was once his, her imaginary friend. Huh? Oh, neat little twist. And then he and his minions start crossing over into the real world. Oh, okay, so they start
1: start materializing.
0: Yes, and then she has to go through trying to get rid of them before the body count gets any higher. (laughs)
1: Mm, Okay, so it's kind of like Silence of the Lambs meets...
0: Yeah, I'm actually one of those people who actually researches serial killers just for the fun of it
1: i watch uh, I watch a lot of forensic file shows. um there's this one called Deadly Women that I like too mm-hmm. and um I've always been fascinated with um uh, not, not necessarily sci-fi thrillers but um psychological thrillers mm-hmm. i guess I like sci-fi thrillers too, but um psychological thrillers are one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, I'm actually in collection either three or four of for forensic files right now mm. I finished Encounters with Evil I've watched the Ted Bundy tapes I <laughs> I actually read the book called He Who Fights Monsters which is uh, by the gentleman who is credited with the beginning of the BAU at the FBI mm. and was also the I want to say um he was a he was a story checker on Silence of the Lambs mm. to see whether or not they portrayed their serial killers properly. <laughs>
1: you know, I I always thought it was uh, really creepy with uh, serial killers that they were pretty much the, I guess standard normalized you know expectation. You like the the girl that um, escaped. There was a video uh, where the guy. He was like, yeah, I was, you know, I was, I was outside and this girl just opens the door and she's like, Hey, I need, you need help and whatever. And he, he helps her get out. And uh, he's like, yeah, the dude was just, you know, like an everyday guy. He'd be out there working on his motorcycle or whatever. And This guy had like three or four women
0: trapped up in the house and killed some. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. You're like the guy next door. It makes you real, real unsure of your yeah. neighbors. <laughs> yeah. You're like,
1: you're like, this guy seems too normal.
0: It makes you real unsure of your neighbors. Yeah. So it's just like, but that's the kind of thing that fascinates me is to see where where people get warped, where yeah. they get where it's like someone who looks like they should be perfectly normal they're shifts like, slightly to the left.
1: They're the ones that are the craziest, right?
0: Yeah, it's like, and it's so you incorporate really these good. into your your stories. Yes, I yeah. do. And I'm, you you're working on one now, right? The one I'm working on right now is a. Is a thriller kind of horror ish one called 13. Mm. And the premise is this Uh, a a lady and her boyfriend are supposed to get married. He's supposed to propose, but he doesn't. And he gets so upset about the fact that he couldn't propose properly that he shoots himself. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is so. Just a. (laughs)
1: Just a. uh... A PSA
0: for the quick. PSA for those who are listening. This might be a trigger warning. National suicide. Hold on. I'm looking up
1: the phone number real quick. Oh, one <laughs> second. We're just since we're gonna talk about that. Yeah. National suicide hotline. Because, hotline. you know, in, in the movies and in, in books and stuff like that, you know, it's a cool plot line. But if you are having problems out there, y'all, and thinking about suicide, I just want to throw this out there to you. The National Suicide uh, Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255, and we want to keep suicides to fiction. Yes. Yeah, so if you're if you're having any problems, I'm, and I'm just I'm just piggybacking off what you said real quick, but if you're having any problems out there um, and you need a friend, uh, someone to talk to, listen to, uh, call 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Hotline. So we are going to talk about your character, but this yeah. is a trigger warning uh, for anybody out there if this isn't... You know, going to bother you? Please uh, change the channel for a minute, and we'll come back in about five minutes, and we'll be done. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to the character.
0: So he and he chooses he he's chooses to shoot himself, and his girlfriend, she finds his body. Mm. When she finds his body, she is absolutely distraught because, of course, she was assuming he was going to propose, and she was unsure that he was going to propose. And then she finds the ring in his pocket. Oh wow! And it is it's pretty heavy. Pr- absolutely broken hearted. But then she looks up and there's somebody sitting on the bed. Oh, wow.
1: Is it a ghost? Nope. Is it him? Nope. Who is it? It's a demon. A demon. Oh, yeah. Gosh. He
0: offers her He offers her a deal. He says, I will give you him back. Hmm. But, I need 13 souls in return.
1: Hmm. So never make a deal with
0: the devil, right? <laughs> now we're making a deal with the devil. Oh, gosh. So she's... She's of course, she's like, I can't I can't live without him. But the idea of thirteen other people not living through this because of it yeah. is like hard for her right there at the right, beginning. Right. So she's like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this and the demon is slowly but surely just Eroding. kind of leading her down yeah, this path. Yeah. And so she agrees to take the deal. And the rest of the book is about how she handles dealing with the fact that she's got to to kill these people. She starts out, you know, vigilante justice.
1: So she starts picking the bad
0: guys. Yeah, she starts out with people who are deserving.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, okay. So I imagine the first few people, it's not as hard.
0: Yeah, she picks people that she's like, they're deserving. But anybody knows that once you get started on something like that, deserving starts to get eroded
1: kind of like the morality what is question. okay
0: what is what what makes you deserving it's like of batman that?
1: turning dark night yeah
0: yeah and it's just like by the time i'm about halfway through it i'm about mm. halfway through it now and some of it i haven't worked on it in about a week because it's hard yeah it's like knowing knowing that not only is she starting to have that moral decay mm-hmm. but that i have to accurately portray that moral decay
1: and it's paranormal type stuff with the demon and all that yeah Yeah, and it's it's heavy yeah
0: so it's kind of it's been slow going i was supposed to finish this at the on the 11th of march we're gonna
1: i want to get into that too i i want to do a quick station announcement um you're listening to us on wruulp savannah georgia 107.5 fm wru.org we are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And I want to throw this out there to you um, uh, listeners as well. Um, it is time to vote for WRUU for Best Local Radio Station in the Connect Savannah poll. To vote, simply go to the Best Savannah login at Connect Savannah website, connectsavannah.com slash savannah slash best of. Last year WRUU was named runner-up in the Best Local Radio Station category. And this year we're going we're gunning for number one. Not going, but we are going to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna go for it. Uh, voting ends midnight on Tuesday, April sixteenth. So get your vote in for the best local radio station. Savannah's only all volunteer community station, WRUU one hundred seven point five FM. Okay, so I want to I want to uh, take this down a little different path. Okay. All right. So we have a we have your character. um... Offs himself because he thinks he messed up with a proposal and the um would-be fiance is propositioned by a demon um to bring him back but in exchange for 13 souls and then you were saying that you've been having you know it's kind of heavy so you've been having a hard time writing it trying to portray it um as an author as a writer or whatever do you feel that connection with your characters? Like sometimes they just start taking their own life, right? They start moving into areas you're like, What in the world are you doing?
0: Yeah. You you sometimes it's like you look up and they make a decision. You have a you have like the idea of what should happen mm-hmm. and then you sit them down in the situation and they do something completely off the wall and you're like, Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm -hmm. How did you come to this decision? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you just sit there and you go, I don't get it. But for some reason, this follows for what you would do in this situation. Therefore, I'm going to follow you and see where you go. Mm -hmm. And if they go down an avenue that's better than the one I already have, I keep it. If they wander off into a dead end... I bring them back, and I'm like, okay, well, let's try it my way this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got <gotcha>. you.
1: <laughs> so you're like, hey, hold on for a second. Uh, you know, let's see what you're gonna do, and if I like it. But you're, you're kind of like the director at that point. Yeah, you're like, uh, you know, let's, you know, and that, that. To me, that is one of the strangest things about free writing and fiction writing. Um, how the characters uh, almost become like a, you know, a figment of your imagination, I guess. So they become they become so real you know that they do take on their own lives and they do start having their own actions and you know and it's it's kind of weird because you're you're to me you know like I I'll sit there and I'll visualize like what's going on like almost like I'm watching a movie mm-hmm. and then I'm writing it down and then other times I'm like okay well where does the where does it start today yeah you know where does it go today and there's sometimes where the characters for me are I don't know. I don't like them. Sometimes I don't like them. Sometimes I love them. And sometimes I'm just like, you know, I I don't really, I don't really think this is a good fit for you, bud. I don't think you should be in my story anymore. And I kill them off.
0: That happens sometimes too. Sometimes I've found that I have uh, that, like, since I have so many things going on at any one particular time, I will find that there is a character who is literally, it's almost like he's wandered in off another set.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, like where did he
0: pop up from? And I'm looking at you like, going, like this dude's, you know, here for the free lunch. No. It's like you, you literally I'm working on I'm working on a contemporary serial killer book and suddenly I know that I have a queen and her sister who are having a conversation about a kidnapping mm-hmm. and I'm like you two are on the wrong set. <laughs> like,
1: this is not the, your story. This is not your island.
0: So I need to move you two over here for yeah, right now. Yeah, I will come back to you in a minute.
1: Like uh, recently, uh, it's so funny talking about that. um I have a uh, a character that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. It wasn't in the synopsis for this next one that I'm working on um for the Blood Thrasher, and uh, this guy just pops up out of nowhere, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" Right? And so I'm just kind of going with it, and then all of a sudden, he's on a phone call with another buddy. And I'm like, dude, I don't even, I'm not even sure, you know, what's going on here. So the other guy, I'm like, "Ah, you're not coming in, bud. You're going to be gone. You know, you're not, you're not coming in this story. (laughs) And he's like, just, just pops up out of nowhere. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? This is not even your party. You know?
0: And you just look at him and go, okay, look, I, I recognize that you wish to exist. Right, right. You really, really want to exist. And I really, really want to help you. But you're going to have to go sit down and take a number.
1: Yeah, yeah. If if you ever get a number, yeah. If you ever get a chance to come back, you might just get those two lines and that's it, bud. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, it's so weird because I was thinking to myself, I was like, where in the world is this guy coming from? You know, all of a sudden he's on the phone with, with with this character, and he's talking, and he's you know like, no, you're not, you're not. We're not going to that scene. We're not jumping from his house to yours, and we're not going. You know, you're you're done. Get out. <laughs> You know, I'm actually gonna kill him off. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna be like you know too much, he's he's out, you know. Yeah. So
0: sometimes you have to do that. You don't really have a choice.
1: It is it's it's weird because it's almost like you get to play you get to play um your own sandbox universe. Yeah. And you you get to create your own world, your own characters, but you get to have you know, you have a lot of fun with it and sometimes you're like, This is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> this is not what I wanted to happen. Yeah. Why is this going on? It's awful. It's awful. Uh, awfully like uh, um, real life, isn't it?
0: Yeah. You look up and you're like, wait a second. I was not anticipating that.
1: Well, the, they say the best uh, laid plans of mice and men, angst go gangly. Yeah. So
0: actually, my favorite is the the um, no plan. Uh, no plan survives contact with the enemy.
1: Ah, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. Um, hey, let's take a let's take a, a break for just a second. I'm gonna have Sebastian play just a musical instrument interlude for just a second here. We are. I uh, my son is a musician. He's actually a guitarist. He likes what? What kind of uh, metal do you like, son? Uh, thrash. Pull that. Pull the mic on down. This is live radio at its best, uh, guys. I like thrash, and death metal death metal okay so i had him bring the ukulele Elydria. i was like can you please bring the ukulele because i want to do something different today um and we're talking about you know just whatever so all right sebastian play whatever you want to play In this uh, guitar next time. Yeah. Shred it out.
0: It's not often that you get to hear somebody shred on an acoustic.
1: I know, right? He <laughs> can do it. He's pretty good. He's got a <clears throat> what's your what's the guitar you have, Sebastian? Hey, we David
2: Stain signature
1: flying B. And you've been playing- You've been what, playing since you were like 13 or whatever? Three That's years. cool. <laughs> So I love, uh, the thing about the show is I love um, that it's about artists, authors, and entertainers. And I think one of the cool things, um, like we were talking about right before the show started, we were talking about uh, Stephen King's On Writing. Yes. And you were saying that that's one of your go-to books yeah. that you listen to. Um and you well do you do you have the hard copy or do you have the audio because I listen to the audio book and it, Stephen King did it um mm-hmm. did the audio book
0: I have a hard copy okay that I actually picked up because it used to belong to one of my roommates and she was not a writer but she had picked it up at some point and I picked it up and I read it and then I asked her if I could have it oh wow because one I am a huge Stephen King fan I've right, been a Stephen right. King fan since I was probably about ten years old and i had never read that one so when i read it and i was like i got a window into someone who had been like right one of the reasons that i wrote (laughs) which is cool
1: because you know you don't often get that in books no you know they give you a little short bio um of the author and you know, you might catch a well. We're kind of lucky that we live in this age because you you can watch a lot of interviews and YouTube and stuff like that. But back in the day, authors were pretty secluded. Yeah. You know, that you might get a magazine article every once in
0: a while. Yeah.
1: But um, you know, for him to do something like that for me, I I just recently listened to it and I, I thought it was excellent. It changed. You know, because I like I I like the okay. So people do uh, pantsing and the plotting, plotting. Mm-hmm. and. I'm not a plotter and I'm not a pantser, but I, I kind of like the idea of, I don't want to, I don't want to outline every scene. I don't want to do that. And King, when he was talking about it, he was like, you know, I just, I start off with a situation, a what if situation, and then it develops into a relationship. Yep. And I was like, you know, that's how I feel like I should write because I don't like the, you know, Sally went down the road and she had, you know, you know, Coleslaw with her sandwich and you know there are people that do that it's almost like you're writing out what you're gonna write instead of just writing it out yeah um, and then there are other people that you know they like when I wrote the scenario for this I um I wrote a scenario of what I I saw in my head kind of like a short version of you know what I was gonna do with it mm-hmm. and um after I listened to um, his own writing I was like you know what I'm gonna write the way I want to I'm just going to kind of let it flow. I'm going to start off with a, well, I didn't start off with a what if when I started writing it, the second one, but I changed it to like a, you know, what if, you know, what if uh, Greg never comes back? Greg's uh, the older vampire. Mm -hmm. He's like an elder vampire and he's gone to Europe to um, seek passage for them. So like, well, what if he never comes back? And he's, he's disappeared. Right. So like he's, he's, he's been set up and he's gone. But Anna and Johnny don't know that. They just think he's like, yeah, you know, cause he's a cat around town. You know what I mean? He's like one of those guys that likes to cat around and you know, mm-hmm. so what, what did it do for you with your writing?
0: I think my favorite part of on writing was just the confrontation of his own personal demons. Yeah. Just the awareness that he's very, very truthful about what his life was like. Oh my God! Yeah. As he went through, as he goes through the beginning of his career, and then he gets, he's like, I went into the bottle, yep. and I came out of the bottle, and when I finally got out of the bottle, I was not going back.
1: Yeah, I, I like the part when he was talking. To, they did the intervention, and he's like, "Well, give me two weeks to think about it." And <laughs> yeah. I was like, "That's that's that's what it is, right?" Yep. And um so funny because he said he couldn't remember a lot of his writing during that period.
0: Yep. There's um, a lot of blackout section. Yeah, you know, and I think
1: interestingly, uh one of the things that I took away from it too was he said, you know, start writing every day. And I I tried that in the last I've actually written more the last 3 weeks or so, the last well, probably about 3 weeks to a month now. Um I've written more, but I haven't written every day. And, um, it's, it's one of those things. I think it's discipline, mm-hmm. but it's also life happens. You yeah. know, when you have work or like this week, I've been sick, mm-hmm. you know, um, I wrote like one day, I think tw- maybe two days this week, yeah. but, but I was sick and I just didn't have the,
0: you don't have the wherewithal. Yeah. You're I, was sick. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I was barely getting out of bed, you know?
0: Yeah. But, um, I don't write every day either anymore. I, I, I try. I try to do something writing related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I, I feel like that too. Like something that's moving it towards, you know, like I I might have a, a thought and I'll, I'll jot a note down or um, I might have like a line come to me that just sounds, I don't know why, the like the character's like, hey, I want to say this. You know what I mean? Like pop it in my head. And I'm like, okay, I'm going
0: to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know where this piece of dialogue goes, but I got it now.
1: I, I I don't know where we're gonna put you, bud, but you know, um, but I think it, I think that book really helped me a lot as far as changing the way I felt about writing, because uh, there there's a lot of self-published writers out there, mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of bad stuff out there. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things you know is just saying, hey, I wanna I wanna put this story out there. Yeah. I want it to be good. I don't wanna you know, I don't wanna put out garbage. You know, I want it to be good. Um but that's subjective. You know, yeah. what's good to one person might not be good to another.
0: Everybody's not gonna love it. Yeah. But there's a big difference between everybody's not gonna love it and it is technically bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about you know rules of grammar and organization and that kind of thing. And, yeah. You know, like even if you can't do a you know a good cover, you know, do the best that you can, you know, that kind of thing. And then then you you grow as you go. Mm-hmm. I like that. But that's one of the things I liked about King was um I I felt like when he was talking at the end, he was talking about he used to have this big writing desk and it was in the middle of the room and you know and he was like you know life is not writing writing is a supplement to, to life and he was talking about changing his writing into like a little nook you know he put his, his desk over and he had the couch back and had the kids over for pizza and stuff like that yeah and that's i think that's one of the things about reading and writing is that it's it's not it shouldn't be all-consuming you know, it should be like, okay, well, this is something that I like to do. This is something that gives me enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I enjoy writing or I enjoy reading. You know, it shouldn't be like a labor of like just pain constantly. Yeah. Yes, there is going to be pain. Yes. There's, there's a is, lot of there's yeah. a lot of pain, actually. There
0: is some suffering. <laughs> there's a lot,
1: yes, there's some like mental anguish, like, you know, when you're writing. Like you were talking about earlier, you know, you're not really sure how you can handle having to accurately describe yeah, what you she's know,
0: going through. Right. And it's just like, okay. But. All right.
1: So everybody, we are on the uh, 4.30 mark. I'm going to play a couple of station announcements here. My special guest today is Aledria Hurt. Aledria, where can people check out your work real quick? Uh,
0: my personal website is at aledriahurt.com. That is A-L-L-E-D-R-I-A-H-U-R-T.com.
1: And you primarily write thrillers, thrillers. Um, I write dark stuff, horror type stuff. Yeah, I like so, dark stuff. So if you like twisted, kind of sick, you know, horror type stuff, like she's writing about a serial killer right now. Um, or if you also you have, a uh, I have an other, epic fantasy. You have out an too. epic fantasy, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool stuff, you know. So, all right, stay tuned. Let me, um, uh, let me do these station announcements, and we'll be right back.
3: will sing songs of Carole King on Sunday, May 5th at 4 p.m. at the Church on Troop Square in Savannah. For more information, visit uusavannah.org. The Unitarian Universalist Church of Savannah will present the next concert in its Sounds and Spirits concert series. Vocalist Jane Ogle will sing songs of Carole King on Sunday, May 5th at 4 p.m. at the Church on Troop Square in Savannah. For more information, visit UUSavanna.org.
0: WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Sounding's community radio with Global Soul.
3: Savannah Scottish Games will present its 43rd annual festival featuring Caber Turning, Sheaf-tossing, bagpipe competitions, food, and other celebrations of Scottish heritage on Saturday, May 4th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Bethesda Academy. For more information, visit savannascottishgames.com. The Integos Creative Group is sponsoring an Adopt-a-Teacher program. Individual business and organizational sponsors registered and cleared by the Board of Education are paired with teachers at Gadsden Elementary and other schools to provide supplies and volunteer time to support teachers supporting students. For more information on teacher adoption or if you're a teacher who'd like to be adopted, search for The Indigos on Facebook or email indigoscreativegroup at (laughs) gmail.com.
1: And welcome back. We've got uh, a little bit of ukulele music going on here from uh, my son, Sebastian Messer. Um, I wanted to tell you all, too, we did this announcement, but it's time to, again, to vote for WRUU as the best local radio station in the Connect Savannah poll. To vote, simply go to the Best Savannah login at the Connect Savannah website, which is connectsavannah.com slash savannah, best of. Last year, WRUU was named runner-up in the best local station category, and this year we're gunning for number one. Not literally gunning, we're, we're, we're just going for it, people. We're uh, we're not pro-gun or anti-gun here, we're just whatever. <laughs> Voting ends, that's my little dad joke for the day, there you go. <laughs> Voting ends at midnight on Tuesday, April 16th, so get your vote in for the best local radio station, Savannah's only all-volunteer community station, WRUU, 107.5 FM. And my special guest today is Alidria Hurt. She is a novelist. She writes She writes pretty dark stuff, but uh, very cool. Um, also have the uh, the fantasy genre. First half we've been talking about just writing and how crazy sometimes characters can take you down the wrong road or sometimes you're like, what in the world are you doing? Yep. So, everybody, um, I used to buy and sell trade toys and go to these uh like local conventions and stuff like that yeah. and you do conventions right
0: yeah i do i actually i really enjoy conventions they are really a chance to just cut loose and meet a bunch of other people who all have sort of similar thought processes mm-hmm.
1: i have met so many cool people through uh my convention the Semanic will mm-hmm. which uh we have you know authors and stuff like that and you you got another convention that you're coming up, um, what, in June that you're going to be doing?
0: Yeah, it's the end of May, beginning of June. It's Con Carolinas, and it's held in Charlotte. Charlotte. All right. Yeah. It is actually the first convention that I was ever a guest at, so I actually get to be on panels. Cool. Which is fun, because I get to basically take a topic, and I am seated with... or five other educated individuals Mm. and we get to riff on this topic right right my favorite i think from the last time i was a guest was um the life and death of cyberpunk (laughs) okay we were discussing whether or not cyberpunk was because cyberpunk as a genre was kind of dying off as we see what happens in the major changes throughout technology and such things and whether or not we were in danger of possibly actually wiping ourselves out came up at one point mm. and there was also what was the verdict we decided that with the that there was a good possibility that if we did not like pick up some more very basic skills mm-hmm. that yes humanity was going to wipe itself off the earth
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay like how to be decent to other humans is that one of the skills
0: no mostly it was can you farm Oh, ah, okay. can you make your own clothes can you survive if an EMP attack gets rid of all technology? Yeah. Yeah. Could you do this? We don't know, but we shall see. I think
1: people are pretty <laughs> resilient. They might not be able to do those things, but they can
0: scavenge. Yeah.
1: I think that's like uh, what a lot of people would do. They, they After everything melts down, you'd have the scavengers or the survivors.
0: Yeah. Well, if you ever read, uh, I want to say it's S.M. Sterling's Dies the Fire series, which starts in book one with a giant EMP blast yeah. that ruins all technology. And then who survives? But the people who already know how to do things like blacksmithing and right. grow their own vegetables right. and stuff right. like that. And then you find out that some of the other people who didn't have those skills resort to cannibalism. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's, crazy.
0: That's crazy. So it's like, oh... Okay, that's that's delightful. <laughs> Speaking of
1: Stephen King, I saw uh, The Long Walk. Uh, they re-released The Long Walk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's been out forever, but I just saw a new copy the other day. And um, Richard Bachman, but it says Stephen King writing as Richard Bachman or whatever. Yeah,
0: because he gave up the, the whole having to have a second name.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think at the time he was writing so much, which mm-hmm. today it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, well,
0: back in like, let's see. Back in, we start with, like, the pulp era that was, like, right after World War II. Mm -hmm. And if you were a pulp writer, you usually wrote under three, four, five names. Because if you were producing and trying to make any money. Make a living. (laughs) You had to to be producing under multiple names.
1: I think it's interesting, kind of weird, too, but people that use uh, pseudonyms um, now for different genres that they write. Like, yeah, there are people that I know that write romance novels and they have a pseudonym and then they write like sci fi and horror and stuff and they have a different name um, that they use. And it's pretty common. I know some people that um, they which I, I guess they write erotica or whatever mm-hmm. and they use a completely different name. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, protecting themselves you know the privacy and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of there's still a lot, a lot of, of stigma that goes with writing erotica.
1: But there's also a lot of weird fans out there. Yeah, like that they too. like to uh what do they call it doxy or what do they dox? Yeah, there's doxing there's doxing, Yeah. Um,
0: there's also, like, people who will publish your address. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I no, I don't, no. You don't ever need to be a big enough fan that no, you should come no. see me at my house. Right. No. <laughs>
1: right. I, I don't think that ever. But, you know, I was thinking about Stephen King again. Yeah. You know, and, um, I mean, you know, would you ever think about carrying a sledgehammer around with you? And tying an author up to a bed? Who misery?
0: <laughs> no. You know that's
1: that's fandom to the extreme. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah,
0: that is that that is definitely one of those ones. But it's like that kind of stuff. It seems like it's the most extreme thing that could happen. right But then it's like if you spend a lot of time online, you will see the threats that people get. They're they're crazy. People and it's are just like, crazy. This person is producing entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Please get off your high
1: horse. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Uh, so talking about that, I, I, that's why I was wanting to lead into with the cons, um, conventions. Everybody, um, they, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly with conventions. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, from organizers down to fans and fan bases and stuff like that, you have you have good ones, you have bad ones, you have you have a lot of good you know, with it.
0: And then you have um, the occasional guest who is also kind of a piece of trash.
1: Yeah. The big ego and, you know, whatever. Um, I remember one time I was doing uh, photos and there was this uh, lady that, uh, I was, I was taking photos for the convention and it was this lady and I was like, you know, Hey, I'd like to take your photo or whatever. And, um, she was just had no idea. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm the photographer for the con. And, uh, her whole attitude changed. Like she was being really nasty to me before telling me that I had to pay for a photo and things like that. And, uh, I was like, you know, um, that's okay. And then when she said, Oh no, no, I, I said, no, 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 that's all right. Thanks anyway. <laughs> and I, I just went on about my business. There was one lady one time that, um, she had a, a booth and I was just going around taking pictures and she said, you need to ask for permission first. And I was like, the badge says everything in here is uh, available for photos so no I don't <laughs> that's that was the agreement that you agreed if you were at the convention that you you know and, and so that's one of the things I think that kind of drew it away from me was um, the toxic fans now I'm gonna cover I'm gonna cover that with saying that I love I love fans I love people that I and I don't even like calling them fans I love making connections with people mm-hmm Um, and I love feedback, you know, from people, uh, especially with the writing and stuff like that. What was a time where you were like, dude, really? (laughs) And Uh, and you know what I'm I'm talking about, right? It's like,
0: oh man, I think, I think the only time I have ever just been like, dude, really towards someone who is, who has read my work with someone who literally took my first trilogy and sh- ripped it to shreds for the fact that it was not what he wanted out of a fantasy. And I was like, dude, really? Dude, what? Because <laughs> I, I know that the story is probably, it has its holes. And what I know now as an author versus what I knew then when I wrote those has improved. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to go back and do like definitive editions of them, I could do that. But I don't see the need, because as far as I'm concerned, it's still a really good story. It holds up on its own. But he was just like, he just went to town on me about it, and I was like, mm. okay. And I finally just just told him, and it's like, look, you don't have to like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was that... Um... <clears throat> Was that at, at like in person or online? It was or, in person at a convention or something. Yeah. Oh wow.
0: He caught me at like nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I, at I've my noticed
1: booth. some people have personality disorders, <laughs> like, and, and uh, you know they you think that they can say or do whatever they want to. Like I bought your book, so you owe me attention. Yeah. You owe me. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't owe you anything.
0: <laughs> Yeah no. Once we have once we have completed the buying transaction, that's it.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you reading it. I appreciate you whatever, but you know, um, and and anymore, it's kind of weird because uh, I haven't I haven't had anybody trash my stuff like just completely trash. It. I haven't I don't think I've had enough readers yet, but
0: um, it only takes one.
1: It's so weird because it reminds me of uh, like back in the day, the forum boards. You know, people would get into like. You heated didn't. arguments for days you know they write you know epic uh epic long
0: posts about yeah, how wrong you were and it was yeah, just like wow yeah i didn't know that this was worth this much effort
1: <laughs> i'm sorry that i thought the g1 optimus prime was better than beast wars which i didn't really i thought it was whatever but you know it's, it's like, like one of those things so you're like no starscream was not the best decepticon ever <laughs> you know that kind of thing yeah weird stuff that people just want to disagree with you and i, and I kind of i uh, feel like i've learned with that writing process too is that i can be uh, my own worst critic oh, at yeah. times i'm like man this is total garbage you know i don't like this at all and then i kind of get discouraged i'm like uh, what am i even doing because you know my nine to five gig is a lot of um work and, uh, well, that sounded really descriptive, didn't it? No. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of physical work, and I'm physically tired um, afterwards.
0: And then you have to drag yourself to your desk and be like, I still got to put words out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that's one of the things I guess I'm getting around to is like when you have someone just trying to suck the life out of you. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Usually by ignoring that person. yeah. Straight oh, up, yeah. just no. Talk to it's the, just like, no, talk to the hand. <laughs> I got no time for you. Uh, you are done? Because it's like, <laughs> not today. Yeah, I it's like that.
0: Because the thing about it is, like, if you it, it is all a matter of choice at that point, right? Either I can choose to take in your criticism, mm-hmm. or I can choose to ignore your criticism. Mm-hmm. And usually, about the time that you get to the point where I realize that your criticism has nothing to do with my work and everything to do with your attitude, right. I start ignoring you. Right.
1: Okay. So that's a good point. Let's uh, take a break real quick for a second. All right. You are listening to Muses, Memoirs, and More. I'm your host, Adam Messer, and our special guest today is Alidria Hurt. She is a novelist and a local author here in Savannah. Uh, you're listening to us on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul. It's that time again, everybody. It's time to vote for WRUU as the best local radio station in Savannah. To vote, simply go to the best Savannah login, the best of Savannah login the connect Savannah website, connectsavannah.com slash Savannah slash best of. Last year, WRUU was named runner-up in the best local radio station category, and this year, we're going for number one. Voting ends at midnight on Tuesday, April 16th, so get your vote in for the best local radio station, Savannah's only all-volunteer community radio station, WRUU, 107.5 FM. And that is my son, Sebastian, playing the ukulele in the background there for me. I asked him if he would play for me today. Uh, If you're just now tuning in, we've got about 10 minutes left, uh, Alegria. Mm -hmm. So we have been having an interesting conversation uh, today. Last few minutes, we've been talking about the... um, Pretty much the ugly side of cons, yeah. But let's talk about the good
0: side. Oh, the good side of cons is you get to meet all of these people. There's a lot of awesome who are people. like,
1: I've made so many good friends. Oh yeah,
0: and you, we have a and people tra- you
1: might see just once a year, like your con buddies,
0: con fam. Yeah, con yeah. family. Yep. Yeah. I have um I have a very strong con family at um at con Carolinas and at Dragon Con. Nice. Most of my con Carolinas family are other authors. Yeah. Most of my Dragon Con friends are like cosplayers and right right other folks and it's just like i go literally if i don't see you all year i will go hug your neck
3: ah yeah at the con because
0: i have i have missed you (laughs)
1: i'll tell you one that i really miss uh, i used to go to was uh gnome con here locally (gasps) um they shut it down last year and uh so that was one of my favorite i was like i was actually on staff with them uh for a couple years and i loved it um one of the things I liked about it was the people that were there were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of friends there and, uh, I just enjoyed it. You know, I enjoy going, um, meeting people and they were, they were really supportive of local authors and artists, artists. If I can get my R's right nah. <laughs> but they were very supportive of that. And, uh, some of my friends like Win uh, Winfield Strzok, I met him there. Um,
0: actually met winfield at i want to say it was terror fest mm, okay a couple of years ago when i saw him the first time and i was like that is a very interesting name
1: yeah yeah win is a pretty cool guy um i met him there i met a bunch of other people there and a lot of them are you know um authors and you know yeah. other um people weird thing about it is i have never done a con as an author Except for my own, the Savannah Cole one, mm-hmm. and uh, but even that, I was more focused on just organizing everything. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really even there as an author.
0: Actually, my best Nomecon memory is the fact that my husband actually proposed to me at Nomecon. Oh wow! Yeah, Which my one? first year, my first year vending.
1: Which, which one did you do?
0: I think it was either four or five. Okay,
1: okay, I was there, I was there. It, it was like I have to dig back through my pictures because I might have a picture of you.
0: Because it was like, it was my first, de- first time ever vending. We might have
1: met before and I didn't know it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was my first time ever yeah. vending and he shows up in like his only good shirt. Yeah. And I'm looking at him going, you showed up in your only good shirt, something is up. <laughs> it's like I knew it as soon as he walked in the door so I wasn't sure what was up at that point point. and then he's like he hands his phone to the fellow who has the booth next to us uh-huh. and, says, and I'm handling something over here so I only see this out the corner of my eye and then the next thing I know he's proposing to me and I'm just mm. like you're about to make me wow. cry at my first vending event Uh-oh. I'm going to kill Uh-oh. you <laughs> that's awesome
1: that's a good story. That's a good story. And then you got married.
0: And then we got married. And so, it like,
1: how's it? Uh, what's it like being an author? And uh, does he write too? Or
0: no, he does not. Okay. He's. Um, I know he's supportive
1: of you though, because he came out to the uh, books mm. and brews that we did.
0: Yes, he is. He's very supportive of me. In fact, he's so important, so supportive of me that he has wandered conventions and sold my book to other people. Oh wow! I and mean, he and. I don't know if I should feel embarrassed about the fact that he really can't shut up about me.
1: Wow, he's your number one fan. Yeah, so that's good. (laughs) Especially he's your husband. I mean, you know, hopefully, I love—I know I love my wife and adore her. So it's
0: like. I get uh, I'm one of those people that's kind of like he want he will try his hardest to get people to come back to my table and I'm just like, we
1: have cookies, everybody. we have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got about five minutes left. Uh, I'll lead you. Um, best practices. All right so this we talk about best practices on the show and question for you mm-hmm. What do you do when you get stuck? Because that's sort of the number one thing I think people are like, oh my gosh, where you know where do I go when I, I have nowhere where to go?
0: There is two ways that I handle that, and it depends on how stuck I am. If I'm like a little stuck, I will usually go, okay guys, what do we do next? And just ask my characters what they think is the answer to this problem. So you're
1: yeah, like a little group huddle.
0: Yeah, it's like, what is the answer to this problem? Because my brain is blank. Okay. And if I do they, do they su- answer back? Some of them will. Yeah. I mean, they might do something completely off the wall that I'm not expecting. Okay. Because they know what they intend to do. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't figured it out yet. The other option, my nuclear option, if I have been stuck for a while, mm-hmm. I take the last like five thousand words of the last chapter and completely axe it. Mm. I will just take it and throw it into a scrap file and pick up like from five thousand words back and start from there.
1: Oh, kind of like uh, <laughs> just backtracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having a little fallback. That's a, so that, that's that good. way
0: I, it's like if I write I like my, that. I can write my if I write myself into a corner. Yeah, have
1: your little like, fallback so that you can start. You yeah. know, it's you're like, not starting all the way over, but you're going back and saying, "Hey, this is a this is a fallback point, and yeah. we're gonna go back to." I like the last chapter, so we're gonna start from there. Boom, boom, boom.
0: And then we're gonna go forward again, and we're gonna see where we end up because sometimes it means that I took a false start somewhere, and it's like, okay, and
1: can you explain what a false start is for folks?
0: Well, it's almost like writing a book is navigating a maze.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If
0: you're gonna get from beginning to end, you're eventually, in some cases, going to walk into a wall. So if I've walked into a wall and I can't backtrack my way out of it, then I know that I have had a false start. So if I can't backtrack my way out of it, I just axe the entire last chapter, assume that I need to go back to a point at which I understood what was going on and what was coming next, and then go from there, because that means that the the direction that I went before is not a viable direction,
1: then you know, I love that. Is very clever, that is very clever. Um, I love that because there are times where, um, I kind of feel like that. Like, it's so weird with this second book that I'm working on. I change it from being like a short story to actually being a novel, mm-hmm. and the intro, or like not even the intro, let's just say the first couple of scenes mm-hmm. are garbage and i i haven't deleted them yet i just kept moving forward and um it's kind of weird because a the scenario that i wrote out and what the book is turning into is completely different and i feel like part of it is incorporated in there Mm -hmm. um but like I was saying earlier, there's a guy that, you know, like this character that just jumps in out of nowhere. And I'm like, no, dude, I don't like you. You're not you're not part of the the, the movie. You're not going to be in, you know, you're not going to be on on set, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: you are not going to make it off the editing floor. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I do like that idea of kind of going back 5000 words. That's a that's a chunk of uh, that's like a
0: that's like two chapters for me. Yeah. I'm. That's, that's why, a chunk of work. That's all. Well, that's why I put it in the scrap folder because some of it may still be viable. Mm-hmm. I or it still, might fit
1: in later on.
0: Yeah. Some of it might still be usable. So okay. I don't delete it. I just take it out, remove it from the setting for right now, put it somewhere else. Nice. So that if I come come to it and I'm like, okay, that stuff I wrote earlier fits here, I can then just copy and paste it back in. Nice. And for beginnings, if I get to a, if I realize at the beginning, like the last book that I wrote, uh, Matchmaker, Mm -hmm. started out three chapters earlier when I did the first draft. Mm. I cut the first three chapters because what I realized was that I needed to start faster.
1: Okay, okay. We got about a minute left. Okay, so where can people check out your work?
0: Easiest place to check out my work is my personal website, and that is alidriahurt.com. That is A-L-L-E-D-R-I-A-H-U-R-T dot com.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today, Alidria. I really appreciate it. I've, I've, I have to have you back on because I feel like an hour is just not long enough. <laughs> so. I
0: get to be a repeat guest. <laughs> Woo! Yeah this,
1: yeah, this is this is actually your second time being uh, here at WRUU, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you being on and, uh, you have anything else you want to say before we go?
0: I have very much enjoyed my time, Adam. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. All
1: right, so everybody uh, tuning in. We've got, uh, you've been listening to Muses, Memoirs, and More, which I'm your host, Adam Messer. And uh, up next, we have uh, Savannah at Night. So stay tuned. Check it out. Um, And one last time before we go, it's time again to vote for WRUU as Best Local Radio Station and Connect Savannah Poll. To vote, simply go to the Best Savannah login at the Connect Savannah website at connectsavannah.com savannah best of. Last year, WRU was named runner-up in the Best Local Radio Station category. And this year, we're gunning for number one. Voting ends at midnight on Tuesday, April 16th. So get your vote in for the Best Local Radio Station. Savannah's only all-volunteer community station, WRUU, 107.5 FM. And everybody, thank you for tuning in today. This is W-R-U-U-L.